Hey guys, welcome to Naked and Unashamed, the podcast where we take off the mask, take off the filters, and wear our most vulnerable self, sweetie, without the guilt and shame attached to it. I'm Tega, your host, and I would love to welcome you to the space where we can rest in the realness of our stories, grow in our faith, perspective, and in the healing process. So glad you tuned in. Keep listening for today's episode. We're now on episode 10, which is wild. It has been a minute since we last had a guest because I've been doing these ding-dong Tega talks, and you guys have had to fortunately, unfortunately, hear my voice for the past five episodes. But as quarantine is slowly being lifted up, I decided to reach out to some of my favorite people for uh, part two of this whole maze to marriage thing with a couple that warms my heart ways I can't even describe. God planted them in my life in a way that I least expected, and they ended up having such a transformative impact on my life, how I see relationships, how I see God, and just what marriage looks like. And so in part one of this episode, we will be talking to Will Parker. Will, how are you? Thriving, Tega. Come on. It's so good to Jesus see you. This is good. It's good to see you, too. I feel like Rona got us all in the house, and- Man haven't seen society since the last war like, <laughs> it's it's wild so how are you doing in general though how's life been how's quarantine been for you uh quarantine's definitely been an adventure mm. um there was a lot of things i didn't expect to hit as hard as they did mm. uh but god's faithful yeah and uh, he's just so good i do a whole podcast just talk about his goodness True. and mm-hmm. That might be on the his, works. Yeah. <laughs> Just his, I, I think the thing that amazed me most in the quarantine was God's stability. Hmm. Um, that when he talks about, you know, building a house on solid rock, that's hmm. really what he is. And yep. if you're on that, you're not moving when a storm comes. Yep. And that's I kind of just felt unmoved. There was a storm, definitely, but I wasn't going anywhere. God wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like I came out better. Come on. Well, starting this podcast, obviously, you know, the name of this is Naked and Unashamed, which means that we're going to have real raw conversations about real things and just about your marriage. And obviously, you weren't always married. You were a person before you were married. Mm -hmm. So I always start off every podcast with asking the question, what are you stewarding right now? I think as a society, we love to ask, you know, what do you do? And like, who are you? Mm-hmm. But I think the real question is, what are you stewarding? Because that kind of gives us a little glimpse into uh, what yeah, God yeah. has gifted you with and what your life looks like. Yeah. Uh, love this question. Every mm-hmm. time you ask it on your podcast, I'm so <laughs> interested in the answers. Yeah. So I think for me, the biggest thing that I'm stewarding right now is knowledge mm. um, and wisdom. Yeah. Go into um, that a little bit more for me. I think on the knowledge aspect... When you spend a lot of time with God, you can't help but know certain things, hmm. and certain things are revealed to you. Yeah. Um, whether it's about you or about other people or about journey, um, and I think we have a responsibility when we learn that stuff to do something with it, hmm. whether it's pray something through or talk to somebody or lend a helping hand. Yeah. Um, there's something to do with that knowledge when we get it, hmm. um, and we have to be good stewards of it because God didn't give it to us just to make us feel like we got the direct line or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a call to action most of the time. Hmm. Um, as far as wisdom, it's kind of in the same vein. Uh, but I think wisdom is the way that you bring knowledge forth um, and the actions that come through knowledge. Yeah. Um, and knowing how to do that correctly is also something we're called to steward. Um, if God tells me to come to you and say hey like she needs to talk through this thing and I don't come in a gentle manner then it's not being like Christ and Mm. you could it could do way more harm than good so knowing that and asking the Holy Spirit okay how do I handle this situation how do I come to this person how do I reach out to this person how do I deal with this hurt that's been caused against me or anything like that is is something that needs to be stewarded and something I've been working on stewarding well Mm. yeah and I know also one of the gifts that God has given you to steward as well as your wife mm-hmm. um, and obviously we'll get to her later but how yeah. has what would you say about your wife when it comes to stewarding I think I think with marriage it's so funny 
how when you're young, you kind of paint this picture. And a lot of times you get what you ask for, hmm. but it's different than you expected. Yeah. Like, my wife, Kyla, sees through nonsense so fast. <laughs> like, like so fast. And it, it causes me to be on my P's and Q's in a leadership role Yeah. as her husband. Like, um, if I'm slacking and, and trying to lead out of that slack, mm. she going to see it. And she going to call yeah. me out on it, which doesn't do anything but sharpens me mm. um so making sure like i'm i'm leading not from what i think but from what the word says mm. um following convictions seeking god on decisions it's especially in this time of moving like we're moving to dallas um yeah. in a few days so just preparing for such a big move like that it's a ton of decisions we've had to make mm. um and when there's this rapid fire decision making you can run into the risk of just making decisions based off you yeah. but I've been having a, okay, God, like, this may seem small, but it may be big. So let me just come to you mm-hmm. and, and see what we should do. And a lot of times he'll be like, yo, don't do it this way, do it this way. And, and it pans out in the end. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing I've been stewarding my wife. And just, you know, being a husband, like, mm-hmm. gentleness, kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. 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 I think it marriage forces you to grow in that if you want your marriage to be like God's called it to be. Mm, That's good. That's good. So the name of this episode is The Maze to Marriage. And the whole point of this series is really the fact that society paints the picture of marriage as you're kind of lost, you're in this maze, and you're just kind of looking and looking around, and then you meet this person, and so then marriage is the final destination. Mm. As a married person, and even as a single person, I have learned more through Christ that it's not a destination. Mm-hmm. If anything, marriage is just another step in the whole maze that we call life and just understanding and figuring things out. And so before you were married, like I said, you were a single person and you were not alone, but mm-hmm. not with someone no. in covenant. And yeah. so how would you describe Will from 10, 15 years ago? If you had to throw it back. Okay. 10 or 15 years, or do you want me to do both? Because it's two totally different people. Oh, okay. okay. If okay. that's the case, let's hear both. Okay, so there's similarities mm-hmm. that kind of panned out all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, t- at 10, I think I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. I was just a lost kid that had all these gifts but felt like my gifts made me weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being young and wanting to tap dance. That's not, come on, tippity but, tap. But, but like, where I'm from, people yeah. don't tap this. Yeah. You know, it's like, you play football, you play basketball. Um, like, that was really our only options growing yeah. up. Well, well, stuff that was highlighted a lot. And then, of course, you had your Dr. Kings, but nobody really told you how to be like Dr. King. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, Dr. King did this, da 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 and we celebrate him. But it wasn't like, hey, you have the characteristics of Dr. King in you and you could be like him or something in that realm if you cultivate him here and this is how you cultivate him. Like, nobody was telling us that. It mm-hmm. was like, hey, we're going to play football. We're going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was like crazy smart. Mm-hmm. Like, not not like boastfully. No, but, but you got but my gift. test scores would say like I was, I was pretty gifted yeah. academically, but my grades didn't always show it. Like, there were certain aspects of life that was going on at home, whether it was food insecurity or, you know, both my parents are physically disabled. So I was dealing with things that other kids at school weren't dealing with. Mm-hmm. Like I remember times when my mom would come home from the doctor from having a procedure and she couldn't walk up the three steps in front of our house. Mm-hmm. And there's 14 steps in the house. So mm-hmm. like we had to figure out how to get her to the bedroom. We'd get a kitchen chair, put her in it. And off me and my three brothers would like lift up the chair, walk her to her bed, get her in the bed. Mm-hmm. So that stuff was bleeding into schoolwork. Like, I wasn't worried about doing homework. I'm worried about if we're going to eat when we get home, you know. Um, but at the same time, I was this goofy kid that loved <laughs> yeah. to read, loved yeah. to draw, just the arts, but was also, like, pretty gifted in football. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. What about 15 years? Uh, or do you say those two are kind of similar? I think when I got to high school, when I was 15 or 16, um, I was starting to come into myself a little bit, mm. but in a way that didn't honor God. Mm. Go into detail about that. Obviously, for anyone who is new in listening to this podcast, it's called Naked and Unashamed. And we love to open up ourselves to being completely vulnerable and just knowing that there is freedom and, and submitting some of those things and just 
learning through stories and having healing through that. So. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, go for it. Um, all right. So high school, and okay, I guess we got time. I'm gonna tell you a story. Yeah, we got stories. So this may sound crazy, but um, my older brother went to Druid Hills High School, mm-hmm. um, which is not close to where we live. We live in Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um. My parents wanted me to go to Druid Hills. I wanted to go to Druid Hills. Uh, but they rezoned the districts my freshman year, the summer going into my freshman year. Um, and you couldn't go to a different school unless you had the right paperwork. Um, so we didn't get the paperwork fast enough, so I had to go to Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. So um, initially, I, my dad told me, like, okay, you're only going to be at Stone Mountain for, like, two weeks. We'll pull you out, put you in Druid Hills. That's mm-hmm. where you'll thrive and grow. Yep. Um, it wound up not being two weeks. I wound up staying there the whole year. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it. Like, the people, the friends I was making, the impact I was having with football. Um, summer comes, and my dad's like, okay, you got into Druid Hills. And I'm like, Dad, I don't want to leave. Mm. Um, and he's like, well, you know, as your father, I feel like this is the best decision. And rightfully so. I mean, he was just trying to make sure I was um, brought up in the right environment and right mm. teachers and cultivating gifts and stuff. But – um, looking back on it now, I felt like well, it was God mm-hmm. telling me, like, you don't need to leave. So, anyway, um, my dad pulls me out. I remember the day I went to football practice. He had me tell my coach, like, I was leaving. I just remember crying so much, like, this just feels wrong. This just feels wrong. Go to Druid Hills, practice for, like, two weeks. Boom. That night, after two weeks, I had a, a dream or a vision. I don't necessarily remember what it was, but it was, like, this gray – scene it was just like foggy and I was walking and everywhere I was stepping there was gold lighting up under my feet Hmm. and I remember getting to this fork in the road and on the right was Stone Mountain which isn't the most attractive looking school let's Mm -hmm. leave it at that and Druid Hills which is like oh that's Druid Hills like they got money so (laughs) come on (laughs) so I go left and as immediately when I turn left the gold disappeared from under my feet Hmm. And as I'm walking towards Jewel Hills, it starts crumbling in on itself. Mm. Um, and I look across the fork in the road, and Stone Mountain shot into the sky. And I woke up, and I knew immediately, like, okay, you got to stay at Stone Mountain. Yep. Um, so I stay at Stone Mountain and <laughs> start living a life that was nothing like what well, wasn't honoring the God that gave me the vision to mm. stay there. Yep. Um, I was like, people told me my whole life, like, oh, you're a natural leader. Like, people just listen to you. But I, I just followed. Mm. Why? I have no clue. Um, I don't know if I was scared of like what leader, the responsibility of leadership or if I didn't know I was a good leader, but people just had a lot of influence on me, Mm. um, to make decisions, to do things. There's certain things I would like dig my heels in the ground in on. Um, but after a while it just kind of gave way after like, you know, consistent pressure. Mm. And I just got to a space where now that I look back on it, like I wasn't really myself. Yeah. Like. I put on a really good front, and the front was attractive, but if I wasn't me. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't that kid that liked tap dancing and reading fiction novels. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the football player, the Mr. Stone Mountain, like, homecoming king. Like, that mm-hmm. was me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I was, I was myself the most when I would sneak away in, in a book and get lost or yeah. um, things of that nature. Mm. So what would you say, looking back at Will from 10, 15 years ago, what would you say his identity rested in? Performance. Mm. Whether it was getting straight A's or scoring three touchdowns in a game. Um, If I didn't do well, I felt like I wasn't. Mm. That's good. So you mentioned your dad as you were telling that story, and just this idea of society has – this image of what masculinity looks like and what makes a man and he has to do this that and the third and growing up what what was your image of what manhood looked like did you Mm. have anyone really showing you what true manhood looked like so I think when I think back to that my dad was probably the biggest influence Mm -hmm. um love my dad to death would take a bullet for my dad Mm -hmm. give him the shirt off my back even though he's bigger than me um (laughs) But I wouldn't say that my dad painted the best picture of manhood mm. because he wasn't shown that good of a picture. Like, yeah. love my granddad. Um, he passed um, end of 2019. 
um, or beginning of 2019. Mm. Um, but when my dad talks about granddad, he was like, look, he was a loving guy, but I didn't really hear him say, I love you. Mm. Like I didn't, his form of expression of love was you got a roof over your head, you got clothes on your back, you got food in your stomach. Like that's love. So my dad was really in new territory when it came to us and he would tell us he loved us all the time. Um, but I think what he struggled with was the expression of it. Mm. Like, you know, if we got certain love languages in your kids, how do you express that so that they feel it the most where yeah. one might be words of affection, another one might be physical touch, mm. you know? Um, so I, I picked up things from my dad that um, I had to repent of when I got serious, mm. um, especially in a relationship sense. Yeah. But there was also things, like my dad built my mom through so many things that, Honestly, I probably had never experienced, mm -hmm. like, countless surgeries, like, quadruple bypasses, food insecurity, loss of jobs, laid up, like, all this stuff, and he just never left, and that's something I always look to my dad about, like, you don't got no quitting you, huh, mm. which is so cool to say, mm. um, so I think my dad had the biggest influence, but I also had men at the church we went to, uh, the father's house. Mm. Yeah. In Norcross, Georgia, they, uh, I don't know. I just used to look at the men in there, and they were, like, like strong men. Like, strong, strong, but so gentle at the same time, yeah. which is interesting because gentleness is like, okay, I got the ability to lift 500 pounds, but I don't use all that strength in hugging my wife. Like, mm -hmm. that's not being gentle. Yep. So I, I got the capability of it, but I know how much to use in order for somebody to be loved. And I think that's when I started seeing the gentleness of strong men and how the best men are gentle. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Somebody needed to hear that. And it's you, whoever <laughs> it is. You needed to hear that. That's good. Yeah. You know, you. when I think about gentleness, you know who always comes to mind? Who? Connor Thomas. <laughs> Connor, if you're listening to this, I hope you know Will is so yo, right. <laughs> yo, I look every time I see Connor, I'm like, man, he just seems so gentle. Mm -hmm. And I want like and it's a characteristic God's given him. And we all have those characteristics that people are attracted to. Mm -hmm. And Connor, I just always see gentleness on Connor. And it's yeah. so amazing. And yeah. I'm just like, man, I hope I'm that gentle, Come you on. know. If you guys have not heard Connor's episode from a few episodes back when we did Maze to Marriage with Lindsay and Connor Thomas, please do. It Will Facts. is so right and their hearts towards each other. It's Facts. just, it's insane. It's Facts. insane. I love that. Oh, the best. Yeah. So, well, you um, talked about love languages, and mm -hmm. that was a major segue into our next question. And looking at, in what ways did your childhood affect how you loved people in the sense of relationships? Mm. I think my childhood, because a lot of it was performance-based, mm. I felt like, if I do more for people, they'll love me more. Mm. And it led me into situations that weren't necessarily the healthiest, where people would take advantage of me because I'd give a shirt off my back. Mm. I, you know, spend a whole bunch of money to make sure you're straight, and then I just deal with struggling, you know. Um, and looking back, like, it's sad to see, but at the same time, God's a redeemer. Yeah. And I think so much good came out of it because now, like, I just care for people um and i think it helps when they're sacrificial giving it's like okay i've been here when i was outside of christ so like having the power of christ to help give it makes things a lot more enjoyable hmm. I, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier like it's still a sacrifice to it but when you know it's for the good of the kingdom and somebody getting to know christ then it's just so good come on all right, guys, welcome to Naked and Unashamed. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It's been amazing talking with Will, but I wanted to stop by and plug in the Instagram. So if you don't follow us already, follow us at NKD and Unashamed. And make sure that you like all the posts as well as stay updated with all things happening with this podcast. And feel free to rate us if you'd like. All right, now we're back to today's episode. All right, well, so going into just how you loved people and how things were performance-based and 
whatnot, I'd love to hear what was your dating history like? Like, what did that look like from the beginning? We want to hear whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try to be as naked and unashamed as possible. Yep. (laughs) So dating for me, um, before I got to high school, I had a lot of crushes and wasn't nobody feeling me. Man, listen, that, <laughs> I got that tattooed on my chest. That, <laughs> Like, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Like, it was. I would go to school and feel like the weird kid. Yeah. I'd go to practice and feel like the man. Man. But with no girls at practice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, it was just like, well, I'm winning, but I'm losing. Mm-hmm. So then I get to high school, and like I said, I start coming into myself. I'm playing for the school. Um... I meet this girl, and she was dating another guy, and I was just patient. I waited a whole year. I was like, look, I'm waiting for you. Hmm. Like, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to wait for you. They wound up splitting up. We got together, and we dated for like three years in high school. Hmm. Um, but going back to being a leader that was following, um, I just seen friends that were living the kind of player life, mm-hmm. like, multiple girls, like, multiple phone calls at night, and mm. I guess I just wanted to taste it, so mm-hmm. I wanted to split up with her, um, getting with another girl and hanging, and uh, that didn't last too long, and then um, I had my first real heartbreak with my second official girlfriend, mm. and thought we were going to get married, thought I done found the one, but was like, really deep in lust Hmm. that was masquerading as love Hmm. like would say you know i love you but my behaviors weren't matching a god kind of love or a christ kind of love yeah so it was really just lust that felt good looked good felt like butterflies electricity but it was all makeup Hmm. to not honoring her yeah um uh, I'd love for you to define, because I'm sure some people may have questions, what is the difference between being in love and being in lust? The most simple way I can explain it is love is selfless and lust is selfish. Hmm. So if what's driving your decisions to do things is about getting your needs met, it's, it's lust. Hmm. So like, Boom, if I'm wanting to be with somebody, I think I'm going to marry them. Selflessness, it says, I'll wait so that you feel honored and know that you're a prize as a woman. Selfishness is like, well, I need my needs met. So let's figure out how we can cut past all the mushy-gushy. And even though you, you, you dress it up like you really care, yeah. if you really examine your heart and the drive is selfishness, then it's less. That's real. Yeah. That's good. So as you grew into yourself, I know there was a season where it's like, God, nobody is checking for me. And then there's a season in which things slowly start happening. Now, what type of women did you gravitate towards and what kind of women gravitated towards you? The women I gravitated towards were like, <laughs> it's so funny. I think about <laughs> top of the list performers. Hmm. Like I've only had four girls that I would say this is my official girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Three of them were valedictorian. One of them was salutatorian. Ooh. Um, like actresses, lawyers, people training for the Olympics, like that type of stuff. Hmm. So, um, I just felt like, and, and those were the kind of the girls that were attracted to me. I I guess they saw those leadership qualities or that like kindness quality Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and that's just kind of what meshed. So like, honestly, if a girl wasn't, (laughs) <laughs> performing in a sense mm-hmm. to a certain capacity like I wasn't checking for them mm. I was okay. like well you gotta get your game together but that was like type of people I was making my girlfriend which girlfriend wasn't always who was feeding the lust mm. you know like there were certain girls it was just kind of like oh I'm just kind of hanging trying to mm. be selfish Yeah. but if you got the girlfriend stamp then you had to be like I wanted that people look at me and be like yo your girl's like you got a, a prize, hmm. you know? Yeah. From a from a worldly performance standpoint. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. So 
going back to the days of singleness Mm -hmm. and obviously that season of life before you found your wife and all of those good things, what are some things that you feel like you stewarded well in your singleness Mm -hmm. that kind of helped you in what would then be your marriage? Mm. So before I met Kyla? Yeah. So before you met her. Things I stewarded well. Hmm. I don't know. So Kyla and I met my freshman year of college, hmm. which was bled into when I was experiencing that heartbreak. Mm, okay. So there isn't really much of a gap. Yeah. Even though we weren't officially together until my junior year. Mm. Um, like I knew Kyla. We were friends. Yeah. Um, I guess in that time what I stewarded well was that giving quality. Mm. Like I remember – so I was I was on scholarship at Howard. Um, so we used to get refund checks from FAFSA. Um, it used to total out to like twenty eight hundred a semester, mm. and I just remember sending like eighteen hundred home, which to me that was more money than I had ever touched in my life. Yeah. Like this is my money, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was sending it home, and so the family would have food. So my little my little brother was junior senior in high school at this mm-hmm. time. And just wanted to make sure he wasn't, like, feeling like he didn't have food at the house. Mm. And he was playing football. So, you know, a lot of nutrition goes into performing well. So, I'm like, look, if they don't have no groceries, I need my little brother to be able to get out the hood, you know. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing I can say I was stewarding. And Mm. it didn't make sense to a lot of people. But I'm like, look, like, my family's struggling. And I have something that could at least do some kind of help. So, I'd give. And honestly, God would just give it back. Like, wow. I had teammates' moms buy me TVs hmm. or, like, give me money or buy me food. Like, it was just – God was just so – and I wouldn't even save then. God just had his hand on me. And to this day, I don't – I mean, I know it's love, but, like, why me, yeah. you know? Yeah. We ask that question all the time. Yes, we sit there like, like, God, what? Like, what like I, I, I get who you are, but why to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I guess that's just kind of what I was feeling. Yeah, that's good. So I guess since we now know this timeline of you guys met freshman year of college and didn't start dating until junior year of college and talking about this idea of stewarding, what are some things that in that state of singleness that you wish you stewarded better? Kyla. Hmm. I wish I would have just seen the prize that she is and acted in a way that would honor God and her. But I was just so broken and relationships especially marriage they don't fix things yeah it expose it's just gonna expose so if you broken outside of marriage that marriage is gonna shine more light on your brokenness you Mm -hmm. know and i wish i would have just like waited to have sex with kyla till i was married Mm -hmm. um i wish i would have just treated her like the gift she is and Mm -hmm. When I have kids, like, I'm, that's one of my biggest driving home points is, like, look, like, one day, these feelings you're experiencing as a teenager, they're going to feel like nothing compared to the feeling you have when mm. you, you honored your wife well, even when you didn't know her. And you can look back and say, like, I stood my ground, and now I'm reaping so much benefit from it. Yeah. I wish I would have stood that. Well, not even just with my wife. I wish I would have just kept myself because, like, other girls – were somebody's hu- wife like mm-hmm. they have a husband out there you yeah. know and i don't want to rob anybody of that mm. now that i'm looking back it's like man i was just so selfish wasn't thinking about other people mm. wasn't seeing that far ahead wasn't letting god prune me in that way yeah um so if i go back like it would just been me football my books and my tap dancing <laughs> <laughs> come on tap dancing <laughs> i love it so let's go into this story of how you and your wife met yeah how did you guys meet? Okay. I'm glad I get to tell this story first. <laughs> so we were in uh, freshman English. Mm. She was a cheerleader. I was a football player. Mm. Um, we both used to have morning practices, and we used to come into class, and I would try to speak to Kyla, and she would just kind of, like, brick wall me. Yep. Um, and I don't think it was a me thing. I think it was just like a lot of stuff going on and she wasn't trying to deal with, and you know, they put stigmas on football players. Like don't well, talk to football yeah. players. They, yeah. and, and honestly I was 
living the the stigma. Like I was living <laughs> up to the stereotype. So shout out to everybody that called me on my bluff. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we met freshman English and we wound up having a project together. And I like fumbled my portion of it. Like Kyla, Kyla will tell you, she's like, William almost got me an F. Um, but then I don't know, somehow the teacher showed grace and yeah. I wound up being, I think I got like a C on the project or whatever out of the class. But um, sophomore year, we wound up living in the same dorm um, and just kind of hit it off as friends, mm. uh, which is so key in marriage. I mean, I think that's God's provision. Like we just read this book called, um, Real Marriage by Mark and Grace Driscoll. Mm. And one of the things they talked about was like friendship in marriage. Yeah. And like friendship carries you when you don't feel loved mm. or feel loving. Yeah. Like there's certain situations where it's not like that ooey gooey puppy love mm-hmm. sappy stuff. But that friendship keeps you from saying words that hurt from doing things that pierce, yeah. you know. Um, so w- we were just really friends. We would beat people in spades. We would <laughs> uh, see each other. We, like, we had econ together that next semester, mm-hmm. so we made it through econ. Like It was just cool. That was the homie. Hmm. That's cool. Did you, off the bat, see her in a way that was – I mean, I know you talked about how you wish you would have stewarded her better, but did you see her in that way, or did God kind of open your eyes to her at the, after a point in time? I considered it. But, like, I don't know. I was just just in such a dark place. Hmm. I think God blinded me from ruining her. Hmm. Blinded me from seeing her so I wouldn't ruin her. Let me say it like that. That's good. So that, like, we can reap the fruit of it now. Hmm. Because if I was, like, super attracted to her, I think I would have caused a lot more damage than I've already did in my brokenness. Yeah. You just saying that is so key. I think... Society will tell you, like, it's love at first sight, and mm. you got to see them that way off the bat or it's not mm-hmm. going to work. And just reminding ourselves that God will protect us and protect other people if mm-hmm. he knows that we are not in a state of full submission. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so, yeah, that's And huge. just thankful for that. Yeah. Like, God knowing that she would be a treasure to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had got the treasure too soon, it would have been like that. Um wine and wineskins parable mm. like mm. i was not ready to steward my future wife my sophomore year that was like the darkest time of my life almost mm-hmm. just while i was dating another girl it was just a super unhealthy relationship yeah. and wasn't being a leader and i remember god telling me in that relationship before we got together it was like hey you don't need to do this but i just kind of succumbed to it mm-hmm. like well it makes sense like i said this i did that and it was just super unhealthy, and I'm I'm glad God kept me from my wife in that time so that he yeah. could heal me from things. Yeah. Now, before we get to the part of you and Kai being married, I know that there was a season where you guys were together, and then you guys broke up, mm-hmm. and God kind of spoke to you in that time. Yeah, broke up for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. I would love um, for you to just kind of tell that story. Okay, so uh, I guess the story starts junior year. We're, like, talking. Mm-hmm. Not official, but we're talking pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, last game of the season against our rivals, Hampton, I scored a first touchdown of the game. On that touchdown, I tear my ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts this journey of I had idolized football for so long that it was filling a void in my heart, well, pseudo filling a void in my heart that I didn't realize was there. So when football was taken, I felt the whole – I was trying to fill it with everything else, partying, drinking, smoking, sex, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle and I were in a relationship. We had shacked together, which I do not advise. Like, anyway, that's totally different tangent. Well, <laughs> anyway, we were living together. Shouldn't have been. Um, and it was just unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I was broken. She was stressed. She was studying for the MCAT at the time, which mm-hmm. is the test to get into medical school. Um it was a roommate her roommate situation was bad and it was just it was just a mess really um august of that year rolls around going into what would have been well it's her senior year it would have been my senior year Mm -hmm. but i had registered it so Mm -hmm. her senior year um and i just made up in my mind in august like y'all don't want to do this anymore but instead of manning up and just cutting it off i just started sleeping around Mm. like she would travel for games me 
and uh, I was I was just on campus and was just fine stuff to do stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, October rolls around. We go to we have like a breakfast date in the calf. We're walking away. She cracks this joke. I play like I'm angry. She gets mad for real. Storms off. And I'm like, you know what, just the last straw. So that whole day I'm just contemplating, talking to my friends, like, yo, I'm about to break up or I'm about to break up or da 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 da. Just kinda planning like I'm gonna holler at her, I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna go to this party, see who's there. Um call her to the room, she says her spill. She says, Okay, like it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. She says, Okay, your turn and I'm like, I don't wanna do this anymore and I could just see the shock on her face. Mm. Um and the next two hours were her just asking for a second chance. And part of me wanted to give her that chance. But my pride, oh, pride's so strong. It's strong. It's yep. so <laughs> strong. If you're not checking pride, that thing will mess some stuff up. So my pride was just standing firm, like, like nah, there's other women out here that's going to do this, going to do that, blah, blah, blah. They'll respect you like this. Like, she wound up leaving after two hours. I'm talking about crying, crying. Like, I don't know how I stood there and didn't break. Well, it was pride, obviously. But mm-hmm. looking back, I was like, man, she was just so vulnerable. Mm. Um, and I was just like, nah, I don't want to. So she leaves, um, which officially starts the breakup timer. Mm. Um, I roll up a, a J, smoke it, don't even get high. Mm-hmm. And I just remember laying on my bed crying like, most tears I had cried up to that point in my life, um, just feeling so alone, and it felt like darkness was just closing in on me. Like, you'll never get out of this situation. Like, I'm rehabbing my ACL. I, I just found out I had to get another surgery. Like, it was just so many things going wrong. And, man, I can just cry thinking about it. God just shows up, mm-hmm. like, knight in shining armor style. Yeah. Uh, it just speaks to my heart in a way that was so sweet and so gentle, and it was exactly what I needed. And I just remember him saying, it's going to be okay, but I needed you to see that you didn't need anything but me. Hmm. But you also need her, so call her back. Yep. So <laughs> I remember calling my mom, and I was like, oh, mom, I miss her. And I was like, well, call her, call her. So I called her back and was just like, yo, I miss you. And just hear her crying on the phone. She comes. She lives off campus, about twenty five minutes away. She, she said she was putting her key in the door when I called her. Ooh, come on. Got back in the car. Came back. Got me. We hugged. We kissed. Um, apologized. We went back to her room. We're sitting in her room. She's like, "Look, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better." Holy Spirit, start working on me. I was like, "If you don't tell her about these other girls, this will never work." Mm. And I'm sitting there, like, contemplating. But it the feeling was just so strong. And I was just like, day I messed up. And I had to tell her and just saw it, like, break her down. And just felt like, what were you thinking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and just remember, like, crying. She was crying. I was crying because I felt stupid. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't cherish her care for her and was going behind her back and sneaking and had just experienced god and yeah. found this new life and like man god's real god speaks to me like it's not just like oh this guy's on stage and god speaks to him and then i gotta listen through him like god spoke to me mm-hmm. you know so it's just the weirdest mix of emotions i've had to date man. but uh man god kept his word man and his word yep in every sense he yeah. was like it's not gonna work if you don't tell her I told her it's been working. Hmm. Hmm. I love that story. And every time I hear it, I feel the same thing. Mm. I'm just like, God, what? Mm-hmm. Like, he's wild. And he saves us from ourselves. It is. Man. It is wild. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every single day. So what about you mm-hmm. has marriage exposed? Leadership. And I think one of the biggest things I've had to grow in is, like, making the tough calls when there might be some emotions attached to it. Hmm. Like, we might think we want to do some something and God's saying something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bae, look, I know you want this, but I feel like God's saying this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's frustration. But 
having to stick with it because ultimately I'm accountable. Yep. Um, as the head of our marriage, like if I'm just letting Kyla call all the shots, God gonna look at me. I mean, shoot, he did it with Adam, you know, mm-hmm. like Adam was supposed to care for Eve. Um, Eve called the shots and it was Adam's fault because mm-hmm. he should have stepped in, you know? Mm-hmm. So just learning that, um, also like, you know, people talk a lot about how marriage exposes selfishness mm-hmm. and like I've experienced that to a certain degree. But I think what marriage has exposed more has been, like, willingness to get out of your comfort zone for mm. somebody else. Yeah. Like, like okay, if, if the main way I express love is words of affirmation mm-hmm. and her main way is gifts, I can't say, well, you need to come to my way. Mm-hmm. Like, God wired her that way. Yeah. So it makes more sense for me to say, okay, I can go get gifts. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like, Hey, I bought you some, a Tiffany bracelet and there's a Mercedes outside. Like (laughs) it could be, Hey, I was thinking about you. I got your favorite snack Mm. or Hey, I know you like this brand of ginger ale. I got this for you, you know, and her feeling loved in that. Yeah. Um, and just enjoying what that is, you know, Mm. um, it's also exposed like, patience and i think exposing is a weird word Mm -hmm. i think really it's highlighted who god is Mm -hmm. like me being married has shown me that god is way more patient with me Mm -hmm. and i've done way more yeah like that he needs to be patient with Mm -hmm. than my wife has done me Mm -hmm. like you know that parable where jesus talks about um, this guy owed the king like millions of dollars in mm-hmm. debt. King forgives him. Guy goes to the guy that owes him a thousand dollars, strangles him, yep. throws him in jail, and the king, yeah, like yeah. that's the same thing. Like if anybody's done wrong, I've done wrong to the father. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done wrong as the bride of Christ to Christ. So, like, why would I not be patient? And yeah. I got stuff to work on too. Like yeah. we both just. People that are bent towards sin, that's been redeemed, that are trying to walk in this perfection that God calls us to. Man, that's good. I feel like I needed to take more notes. And when I listen <laughs> back to this, I'm going to be like, okay, got it, got <laughs> it. So that's good, man. Um, looking now, I am not the only one who has been impacted by you guys' marriage. Mm. I know countless amounts of people who have been impacted by just knowing the two of you. Mm. And that just goes to show that God knows exactly what he's doing when he pairs two people together Mm. for the kingdom. Yeah. There's bigger impact. Definitely. And I think the two of you guys together has caused waves amongst the community that we're in. And even when you go to Dallas, like Mm. it's going to cause shock waves for the fact that you guys came together throughout everything. And despite everything that went on with you guys as individuals, he still brought you guys together because Mm -hmm. he, like you said earlier, can redeem anything and everything. So with the wife that you have received Mm -hmm. versus what you prayed for in a woman, Mm -hmm. what's the difference? Kyle is way more stronger than I would have prayed for. Hmm. I think, you know, looking back, I was like, oh, well, I'll be in the NFL. I'll be making a bunch of money. I want a pretty wife mm-hmm. that can cook and dress is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but we done been through the ringer. Like, whether it's testing or trials, like, Kyla and I done been through so much together. And just seeing her still be strong, still be joyful, still laugh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know to pray for that, you know. Yeah. As a kid, as a college student it was just like man she's so much stronger than i would have asked um which is admirable because it's like we're a team yeah so like i don't feel like i'm carrying the both of us and she's just like frayed or weak reed in the wind that i'm trying to keep you know it's like now we both strong in our own right and it makes us better that's good that's good I have two, uh, you know, we could talk all the ding dong day, but I have two final questions for you. One of them being, what do you think it means to, to love well and Mm. to date well? Uh, okay. Dating well 
I feel like is honoring who you hope for, who you might not see. Mm-hmm. And that's whether you're wanting to date or in a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you want this person to be a specific person that you have in mind. Mm-hmm. And they might not be there yet. Mm-hmm. But if God's called you to it, which should be the first and foremost thing, like you got to seek God's counsel on it yep, and not just jump into stuff just because, oh, they look good or, or they're going to make up a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff doesn't last, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeking God on it, but also if they don't look how you expect them to look at a certain time, God still might be calling you to them. Yeah. You know, and I mean. God wired my wife and I together, and I'm literally two totally different people, pre-save, post-save. Mm. You know, like, when I first got saved, it was just certain things I was like, I'm I'm not doing that anymore mm. because of a, a conviction, you know? Yeah. And it, it kind of benefits from it. But mm. I wasn't that person 25 minutes before mm. we broke up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. But she stuck with me. Yeah. Um, As far as loving well... Honestly, as much as you can be like Christ, and that takes knowing Christ mm-hmm. and knowing what Christ was like. Mm-hmm. I think my relationship with God, uh, brings a certain level of care to my wife, mm-hmm. a certain level of trust, of understanding, of like all the fruit of the spirit. My relationship with God is what brings that to my marriage. So if I was working out of my own thoughts, my own unctions that weren't Holy Spirit led, like we might have a good marriage, but like what's good to godly, Hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. when godly can be good. But if it's good in a human sense, then you might not be living a godly marriage, you know, which is way more important and beneficial and more fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, this last question is for our listeners, for whoever is listening, whatever age they are, race they are, whether they're single, married, engaged, or called to be single permanently. Mm. Um, what would you tell young women mm. in regards to what they should be looking for in a man? And what would you tell young men in regards to what they should be looking for? Like, the future wife. Your future spouse should never love you more than love God. Hmm. Ever. And God gives you a certain capacity to love the person you're with. But if you love, if I love Kyla more than I love God, I'm making her an idol. Hmm. Um, which I mean, you read the Bible, you see how God feels about idolatry. Yep. Um, So, like, and it's not just, oh, he goes to church, she goes to church, oh, they're involved. Like, they're, how do they spend their alone time? Like, is their alone time sacred to them? Do they, are they wanting to spend time with God out of relationship and not just duty or performance like we talked about? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like for me, what's been so beneficial is like, I really just love Jesus. Like could talk about him all day, Mm -hmm. think about him all the time, just amazed and mesmerized by Jesus and everybody close to me benefits from it. Mm -hmm. Like my quiet time, if Kyla falls asleep before me, I'm reading the Bible. I'm not sneaking and reading it. That's what I was about to say. But (laughs) like, I'm like, if we're cuddling, she falls asleep. I like turn over, start reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. Because I love it, not because, like, somebody's watching over my shoulder and mm-hmm. this is what makes me a good Christian. It's yep. like, I just love him, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if, and, and marriage is such a mirror image of our love for God mm-hmm. or our relationship with God. So, boom, if if I'm, if I go to my wife and I'm like, hey, we got to hang out because we're married. So, let me carve out 15 minutes and, you know, we'll do something and then we'll just go about our way. She's not going to feel loved in that. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you think God feels when it's like, hey, here's 10 minutes. Like, I know I got to do this, so I'm going to do it. Mm. Versus, like, 
it might be one minute of pure love versus yeah. 30 minutes of I'm doing this out of obligation and the one minute weighs more. Yeah. And it's way more beneficial. So like I think that's the first key is finding somebody that loves God to the extent that it amazes you. Mm. And the, and you know they'll never put you before God. Yeah. You know. That's good. Well, well, thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for just everything you've said and I pray for whoever is listening that something speaks to you and I know something will but this conversation has just been amazing and I'm so thankful for you can I pray yeah cool yeah well dear God um Lord we just thank you for everything that this podcast is doing and who this podcast is touching and God it might be somebody's first episode um, don't even know Tega. It just came up out of the blue. But God, I thank you that you're intentional. Um, and that whatever episode it is, God, that you speak to their hearts. God, we pray for those that are longing and yearning for a companion, a spouse. Um, God, we thank you that uh, our love for you is so fulfilling, God. Um, that whoever is waiting finds so much joy in you and running after you um, that they find somebody that loves you the same way and you join them together, God. Um, you take our cares, you take our worries and handle them so well. God, we thank you for those that are married that are listening and that you just continue to increase their marriage. Um, God, we thank you for Tega and everything she's doing, um, the anointing that's on her life, the blessings that flow through her. Um, and just thank you for increasing her, God, um, in her obedience and her joy um, with you, with the people you've created. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Will. Always. All right, guys. I will hear from you and see you in two weeks. Toodles.